you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3 this morning. I think I've made a bad mistake, Brother Randy. I promoted this message, and I believe a lot of people stayed home because they know what I'm preaching on. They just can't take it. But I'm going to preach it anyway, amen? It's on the tongue. One time a lady came down to put her tongue on the altar, and the preacher looked and said, it's 24 foot long, we'll try to, we'll try to fit it. <laughs> To himself, he said that. Amen. He wouldn't be pastor if he was do- said that out loud, I'm sure. James chapter 1, all of us have problems with our tongue. Some people gossip, some people lie, some people exaggerate, and some people just nag. And I'm telling you what, I, and some people just gossip. And it's not just ladies that gossip. I'll tell you, some of the worst gossips I know are men. And they are preachers. And I'm telling you, I'm the moderator of the Tri-State Preachers Fellowship. And I don't put up with it. I said, you're going to talk about another preacher? Just go out the back door, amen, and don't come back. We have an edifying fellowship, and we're going to have a good one come August, um, I believe it's 2nd, up in uh, Fort Oglethorpe. Brother Ronnie Brown, that wrote that and spoke that uh, great video that we saw. We said, How many enjoyed that? About Tyndale's his hands being scraped with glass. Then he strangled, and then he cruci- uh, burned at the stake. Why? Because he translated the Bible into English so people could have their own Bible and take it away from the Pope, the Cardinals, and the potentates. They didn't want the people to have their own Bible. So they killed him and stripped him of being a priest. I, and that's, that's what I was going to preach for us on that Thursday up in Fort Overthorpe. He's a tremendous uh, young preacher. But I want to tell you something, friend. I've been at a camp meeting this week. How many of you have ever been to a camp meeting outside? Raise your hand. I'm going to tell you something, it gets on, it gets with it, it gets thrilling. It's, 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 it's not my style, I don't jump up, hoot and holler and shout, but I don't care if somebody else does it, amen? And I'm going to tell you something, I saw some, some enthusiastic worship, I'm telling you. So don't sit there looking sad, because I think you're mad, amen? I mean, this one fellow, uh, I, I'll just tell you about it tonight. Alright, James chapter 3, James chapter 3. Amen. Y'all won't even come back if I told you today. Uh, James chapter 3 and uh, verses 2 through 8. And by the way, I think it's all right to be in in theos, which means in God enthusiastic. Amen. I'm going to come over and watch these Murray County boys uh, win a ball game, and I'm going to be enthusiastic to back you up, boys. I mean, praise God, you better win when I show up. Amen. And if you don't, we're going to blame it on the umpire, the referees. Amen. But... uh, I'll go, I'll go watch somebody march in a band. I'll, I'll cheer them on, praise God. And I believe, friend, listen, sometimes we go to church, get all enthusiastic about Junior uh, snapping a ball or whatever, and then we come to church and look like wooden Indians. You know, bless me if you can. Well, I can't if you come that direction, amen. You ought to come with an open heart, enthusiasm for the Lord. James chapter 3, let's stand and honor the Word of God. Hey, listen, if Tyndale can be burned at the stake, strangled, and his and his, and his hands be scraped and cut because of the anointing oil that made him a priest gets stripped off, off his being, we can do at least stand and read the Word of God. Amen? By the way, I believe you can bring your Bible to church too. Look at this. It says, My brethren, be not many br- uh, masters, knowing that ye shall receive the greater condemnation. That was, you know what that means? If you're in leadership, you're going to give account of your leadership. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect or mature man, and also uh, is able also to bridle the whole body. So means you can control your mouth, the Holy Spirit's controlling your body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, and they that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships. Don't you love James' word pictures? Behold. Also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the, the governor listeth, in other words, the rudder. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Let me read that last phrase. 
and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you that even James deals with our talk. He just dealt with our walk in chapter 2. Now he's talking about our talk. And Lord, help us to realize how important it is that we say the proper things. And we know when to keep our mouth shut when it comes to gossip and low-rating people and talking behind people's backs like cowards. And God, help us to realize that you've given us a tongue to praise your holy name. Oh, Thor, for a thousand tongues to praise our Redeemer. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to learn how to sanctify our words and our mind and our heart that we might communicate and be a blessing and not a poisonous viper to split very close friends. Lord, thank you for the unity in this church. As far as I know, we don't have a click in this church. And Lord, if we do, I will try to bust it up. But I don't think we do. But Lord, I know that we are tempted to, and that some people want to click up and look down upon people that maybe are vile sinners of the past, or maybe not just like them. And God, I pray that you'd help this church to always stay as it is, edifying, kind, and considerate towards others. Lord, help us to be like you in our words and our deeds. God, sanctify our tongue. In Jesus' name, amen. How many ever heard of a spoonerism? A spoonerism. It's a, a, a spoonerism is a thing where you inadvertently exchange the first syllable of words in a sentence. It's named after Reverend William Archibald Spooner. He was a dean at Oxford University, and he'd often just revert his words in sentences. For instance, one time he was trying to say, the Lord is a loving shepherd. He said, the Lord is a shoving leopard. That's bad teaching, isn't it? amen? He then said to a group of uh, young people, he says, you've wasted two terms, and it came out, you've tasted two worms. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to smile, I'm going to smile. I laugh at my own jokes, I don't care. I'll just enjoy myself while I'm up here. Amen? And you know, that's pretty embarrassing. But I want to tell you what's embarrassing. I'm going to tell you what's really embarrassing. When we use God's gift of words and tongue the wrong way. When we slander and we hurt and we ridicule and we don't edify and build up. You know, this week you'll have a chance to go by the funeral home. And I appreciate Miss Deborah being here. And she said goodnight to her sister yesterday morning. Diane was a, a sweet lady. Drove a bus and loved all her kids. And I appreciate Brother Bob being here. It had been easy for them to sit at home and just uh, grieve. But I want to tell you something. The place to get encouragement ought to be the house of God. And I hope that you'll go to the funeral at 1 o'clock Tuesday at Carolyn Baptist Church. And, and if you can't make it there because you work for a living, go by tomorrow afternoon. Five to eight at the funeral home. Give some words of encouragement to this dear husband, to the children. You know, friends, we can use words either negative or positive. And I want to tell you something. I've seen, and I teach this a lot on the couples retreat. I was telling a couple last night, I can't wait for them to go in April. I teach that, you know, one of the lifelines and the circulatory system of a marriage is communication. You can either slander and put down your wife, husbands, or you can build her up. Let me say this, friend. Husbands, you are the mirror for your wife's self-image. If you're always cutting, you're always low-rating, you're always nagging, you're always criticizing, she's going to think she's nothing. And you're guilty. I remember when Miss Carolyn McNeese came down with MS. She, she laid up there for 15 years in that Regency 
hospital and, and, and y'all gave her grocery showers and Brother Johnny still hadn't got over all that. He'll be here Tuesday night. But I remember she used to, she, she lost weight and lost weight and lost weight and she got so sick that she became almost a skeleton form. I mean, she looked, she looked very, very, very weak and sickly. But Johnny would go by every day and he would tell her how beautiful she was. And I want to tell you something. Every time I walked in that room, she glowed with beauty. I know she got it from the Lord. I know she got it from the Spirit of God. But I want to tell you something. A mirror walked in every night saying, Hey, honey, you're beautiful. You're precious. You're the most beautiful lady that's ever walked this earth. And she glowed with the reflection of words from her husband. God help us. God help us not to send the roses when they can't smell them at a casket. And God help us to not send words of accusation when they can't hear it. Today is the day to edify. Amen? And I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, the, the, the tongue is no little matter. Look at verse 5. Let's get into Scripture. It says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts us great things, but how great a matter a little fire kindled. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody described the tongue like this, and I wish I could find the author so I could document it. But it says, like a wild, ferocious, untamed beast, it may be very small. It lives in an ivory cage. Talking about the tongue. But it breaks forth. That boneless tongue can crush and kill and hurt. I would say amen to that. But Proverbs chapter 12, I looked it up this morning. I got 43 references. Thank God. I tell you, sometimes the computer can get you in the flesh. It took me 45 minutes this morning to print these out because the printer would not cooperate with the Spirit. You ever had that happen? But I want to tell you something. i got 43 references. I want to give them out to you tonight. And these 43 verses talk about the tongue. I want to give you one real quick. Proverbs 12, 18. Proverbs 12, 18. 43 verses in the book of Proverbs talks about the power of words. The power of words. Folks, a wise man speaks words of wisdom. A foolish man speaks words of ridicule. By the way, let me just say this real quick. And I used to be there, and I've done this. I was a son of a drunk. I had no self-image. I was just as low as you could get. And I about killed this woman while we was, we was uh, dating four years because I had a critical spirit. And I want to tell you why people are critical. The reason is they're insecure. They're down in here in the ditch thinking they're nobody, and so they want company. They say, come on down here, uh, you so-and-so. And, -so. and what they're saying is, I need company because I'm so miserably insecure. Folks, secure people do not criticize. I'll tell you what secure people do. They walk with God so much that they want them to come up on higher ground and walk with them. Who's them? That's you and God. Say amen. So listen, the next time you start criticizing and cutting everything, including me having me for supper or dinner, I want you to know something, you're insecure. You don't have to criticize somebody else just to make yourself look better or for you to have more company. I told you you should have stayed home. Praise God, no, I didn't really. Hey, listen, and I want to tell you something, folks. God help us if we just use our words. One time a lady joined this church. She said, Brother Wayne, I, never, I can hear her voice right now. And she's still alive, so I'm going to be very respectful. But she said, I want to tell you something. I'm joining this church, but I'm going to tell you this. I say everything I think. I said, oh, Lord, this is going to be an adventure. And I want to tell you something. She said everything she think, thought. She thought my sermon was crummy. She told me it was crummy. <laughs> I mean, only my wife has that privilege, and she's never said that. She's a professional liar. She thinks I'm the best. She thinks I'm the best preacher, and I've never preached a dud. That's the kind of wife you need, say amen, praise God right there, amen. I mean, I know preachers that are out of the ministry because they got some nagging, hagging wife that comes home and say, well, you could have done better than that. And you want to look at her and say, well, if you're called to preach, you get up there and do it, amen. <laughs> but I'll tell you something, friend. God help us to get over our insecurities and God help us not to be critical and, uh, but encouraging people. Get out of the ditch that you're trying to get company in. Now back to the scripture, Proverbs 12, 18. This might be a series. <laughs> That's all right, we need it. There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is what? Health! Did you hear it? 
Hurry back. Y'all hurry back. I don't want anybody to miss this message. Health. Folks, listen, the Bible says it's a piercing of the sword. I mean, it cuts deep. I, I, I memorized a, a little rhyme when I was a kid, and it's nothing but a lie. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Is that false or what? Who came up with that philosophy? I'm going to tell you something. Words can hurt you, hurt others. I've seen families destroyed over words. I've seen affairs start by words. Men, don't text with the opposite sex unless it's your wife, your daughter, or your granddaughter. Say amen. Because nothing good will come out of it. Say amen. I mean, it's the fantasy of an affair. It's an emotional affair. Do not start flirting on text unless you're married to that person. I'm trying to help your marriage now. You're looking at me like a cross-eyed mule, but I'm telling you, I want to help your marriage. I, didn't, I never used that before. I'm sorry. God, control my tongue, please. See, I, I can't even control it while I'm preaching. Praise God. Come on. <laughs> Look at verse 2. The Bible says this. It was back in James chapter 3. I'm still in Proverbs. I could stay in Proverbs all morning, by the way. It's a tremendous book of wisdom. The Bible says, For many, for many we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Let me give you this outline. Number one, it's desirable to have a sanctified tongue. Notice what James says about a sanctified tongue. Tongue. He says none of us is sinless. None of us is close to it. But if there's a man that can control his tongue, it is evidence that the Spirit of God is controlling his body. If you cannot control your tongue, the Bible says, it's an evidence that the Spirit of God is not controlling your mind and your heart. Amen? That's what verse 2 says. For if many we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. The same as a, a mature man. That's what the whole book of James is about, maturity. Now listen to this. And, able to and also able to bridle the whole body. Folks, listen. Our prayer should be, Holy Spirit, help us help, not harm. Help us to encourage, not discourage. Have you been around a person that's always negative? You know what I like to do to that person? Smack them. No, not really. <laughs> I don't want to talk to them and I don't want to be with them. I'm sorry. I guess the reason I love to be with my wife and try to have lunch with her every day is that she's so encouraging. She is so positive. And she loves every one of you. And that's why I've been here 39 and a half years. I don't think she's ever ever said a critical thing about any member and she rebukes me when I do. That's a good wife. Amen? So she's rebuking me a lot. No, not really. <laughs> but, uh, I'm only kidding. Perfect means maturity. You know, and the tongue tells a lot about you. What's the first thing happens when you go to the doctor? Stick out your tongue. And folks, if your tongue looks bad, there, he can tell if you're sick. That's amazing, isn't it? I always go to the doctor and I put Pepsodent all over my uh, uh, you know, tongue and Colgate and not Brill Cream and just put it all over that tongue, amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, it, maturity is declared if you can control your tongue. You're perfect. You're mature. You're fruit-bearing. And there's masteries developed. Look at verse 3. Behold, we put bits in our horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Folks, he illustrates, has two great illustrations. I love his word pictures, don't you? The bridle of a horse. I've been on some big horses, but I want to tell you something. You put that metal bridle or whatever's in there, you can turn that whole horse. Amen? You can pull back on that bridle, and he'll stop. He's 100 pounds. No, he's a lot more than 100. He's 200 pounds more than most of you that ride. And you can control him with just a little breath. The Bible says if you can control your tongue, the Holy Spirit's controlling you. If you're not controlling your tongue, then the Spirit of God's not controlling you. Then he uses another illustration, 
in verse 4, it says, But hold also the ships, which uh, though they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are turned about with a very small helm, whatsoever the governor listeth. In other words, a big old ship. It's just turned by, an, by, a, by a rudder. And then there's a, there's a captain with a wheel, and he turns that whole huge Huge boat. Why did James use that? He's making it this way. Get control of your tongue and let God, the Holy Spirit, control your tongue and then you'll know that you're sanctified, that you're mature. A mature person cannot control his mouth. He's just running rat rapid about talking about people that he shouldn't be talking about. That's why churches are split and there's even churches that have started in Dalton, Georgia because of gossipers. And ridicule. There's people that can't work on their job. And boy, that's, a, that's bad when adults act like a bunch of kids and they start talking and ridiculing each other. And they start low-rating each other. And the whole atmosphere of the job is just morbid and, and, and dark. And you don't even want to go to work because of a bunch of flap-jaw, long-tongued long Jezebels and men that can't control their tongue. Have you been there? I heard these plants are pretty bad about it. No, y'all wouldn't say anything against your supervisor. You wouldn't say anything against your former. You wouldn't say anything about the shift that left all the mess. No, you wouldn't do that. Anyway, verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And so, folks, we see the mastery is developed. We see, friend, maturity is declared. But I want to say, second of all, there's, there's, we see the danger of having a sinful tongue. Verse 5 says, even the tongue is a little member. But folks, it might be a little member, but I'm going to tell you something. I've seen marriages ruined. Proverbs chapter 5 says, the sweet lips of a strange woman lure men into her captivity. That's a picture of a harlot, a prostitute. And then it says the next verse, her words is wormwood, they're poison." If you read the end of chapter 5, you see the results of that sin. But it all started with smooth words. That's why I am convinced, without a doubt, that physical affairs start with emotional affairs. Come on, say amen. Because most people are just looking for some kindness and love and edification. And when somebody starts doing that, that's not your wife, it attracts the men. And then when, the wife, when, a, when a lady becomes vulnerable and she starts crying out how bad it is at home and how miserable she is. The husband in her protectiveness says, Oh, I will help you. I'm better than your husband. That's nothing but sin. It's adultery and it's wicked. Say amen. And it'll ruin your marriage and ruin your future of your families. But it starts with words. It starts with text. It starts with notes. In my days, we passed notes. We don't pass notes anymore. It's, and I see some of y'all doing that in the pew. You ought to leave those things in the car. Amen? That's right. You ought to leave yourself on the car. You say, oh no, the world would be out of touch with my Facebook contact. I couldn't leave it in the car. Listen, I want to tell you something. Your opinion is not that valuable. And it's not that needed. Just leave it in the car. You can't control it. At least mute it, praise God. I had somebody answer the phone right in the middle of my message one time. Don't do that. I'll answer it for you. <laughs> He's in church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you saved today? Amen. No. No. It'll be the last time they call at 1130. I'll tell you that. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. I used to sing that when I was a kid. Amen. Just one word. Just one statement. Out of the control of the Holy Spirit can be so destructive. Look at verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among all our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. I like James, buddy. He's straightforward. Amen? He's blunt 30. That's the kind of preacher you ought to appreciate that doesn't preach just to get applause, but preaches to see you walk for God. And there ought to be a few amens right there. I'll never forget the story back in 1871. Some of y'all were there. No, 1871, 
There I go again. Mrs. O'Leary was milking her cow in a barn in Chicago. And the cow kicked over Mrs. O'Leary's lantern. And that lantern caught the hay in the barn on fire, and Miss O'Leary was not able to put it out. She tried everything she could to put it out. By the time the fire had finally uh, was in control, 17,450 buildings in the city of Chicago was destroyed. Say amen right there, fireman. A little fire can make a lot of difference. The entire Hey, listen. One cow kicked over a lantern. 17,450 buildings destroyed. The entire downtown part of Chicago was wiped out. But the greater tragedy was 250 people died. Died! Because of one little spark. I want to tell you something. A few words wrongly used can bring such devastation that I've seen it kill churches. I've seen it kill marriages. I've seen it kill the father-son respect. And folks, there's ne- every one of us in here, you know it's the truth. Sometimes you wish you would, you, you would you say it in your heart. I wish I hadn't said that. Come on, say amen. In the height of, of anger, you've said something unspiritual. i got another word that starts with S for that too. Stupid. Amen? Not intelligent. Not intellectual and not wise. How many has ever been guilty of that? Raise your hand. The rest of you come to the altar for lying. <laughs> come on. You know you've said something you didn't want to say. And if you hadn't said it, it would have saved you a whole lot of tr- trouble and trials. How defiling can it be? If we tallied all the sins, I said 43 times the word words mentioned in Proverbs. Eight times lips is mentioned in Proverbs. And most of the time it's warnings against you making bad mistakes with your mouth. I'm trying to help you and I love you. It's the only reason I preach like this. And I like preaching verse by verse because nobody can say, well, the church must be full of gossipers and it must have some trouble in their church. No, I'm just going verse by verse, praise God. You just happen to land here. Isn't that good? I like it. I need this message. And Everybody said amen there, amen. I got three fingers pointing back at me. Got one point at you. None of us can control our tongue. I'll prove that in just a minute. Look at verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And listen, and it's set on fire of hell. I don't believe James could be any more blunt. Do you? The tongue can pollute, is what this verse is saying. It defiles. The tongue can destroy. It's like a fire. 17,450 buildings by one cow kicking over a lantern. Man, where was the fireman on, on that call, brothers? <laughs> they must have went on break no they can't control it sometimes fire's out of control and sometimes tongues are out of control I, I'm bad about this I don't know when to stop I, I, I'm a prosecuting attorney I'm talking about it at home now I won't tell you too much but I'll tell you some of my problems and, and, and sometimes I just don't know when to shut my mouth you know I'm just, just going to make a point and, and, and my wife finally said, hey, listen, that's already three points, praise God, in a poem. That's enough. I'll say, okay, I guess that's the point. <laughs> and then I'll go off, puffed up, you know, toughed up, you know. And I'll say, man, she's exactly right. If I just quit about 30 minutes ago, I would not be sleeping in the car tonight. Amen. <laughs> Come on, say amen. Your wives ain't big enough to kick you out. But anyway, uh, the tongue can destroy. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 16. I'm getting to wisdom now. Proverbs 16. Will you give me to 1230 tonight? Or today? Y'all got time? Okay. Because I'm not preaching tonight, so I've got to finish this. Amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 16. I hope nobody comes to church to leave. Look at this. Proverbs 16 verse 27. The Bible says this. 
An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and his lips there is a burning fire. A forward man soweth strife, and a whisper separateth chief who? Friends. You know what a whisper is in the Bible? A gossip. And separates chief friends. I've seen people so dumb that they'll go up to a husband and tell them something, something bad about their wife. Now, what's the point of that? Well, let me tell on her. Tell on her. You know, and they separate very friends. I've seen on the job where people don't speak. I mean, grown people don't speak because they find out they've been flapping their jaws about somebody else. Now, that don't happen in, in, in public, does it? I mean, I mean everybody, everybody's nice. No, everybody's not spirit-filled. That's the problem. Now, I want you to know the tongue devours. It's like poison. Look at verse 7 and 8. Uh, hold, hold Proverbs with the left hand and go to, go to uh, 7 and 8 of the text. For every kind of beast and birds and shep, uh, serpents, that was a spoonerism, shepherds, uh, shep, serpents and the things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, is unruly, unruly evil, full of deadly, what was the last word on that verse? Poison. You know what now James is comparing the tongue to? A venomous snake. Man, that's some preacher, amen? Now I'm going to tell you something, friend. The reason he's doing that because he loved these folks enough to know that they're going to split their church, split their family, and split their relationships if they don't control their tongue. It don't take much intellect to cuss. Say amen. You ought to get a vocabulary if you're cussing all the time. That's right. But some people, you know, they don't know nothing but cussing. Well, listen, why don't you open the dictionary and find out how to tell somebody off really. No, not really. Uh, you get the, that you can enunciate and pronounce some words that will make sense instead of cuss. It don't take much intellect to criticize. It don't take much uh, wisdom to low rate and slander the man of God that's bringing the message to you. And that happens in churches all the time. I don't think it happens in this church. I believe we've got a perfect church. No, I'm sure there's somebody back there saying, yeah, you don't know what I said about you. And I'm going to tell you this, I don't want to know. And when your children need me, they shouldn't know because they won't come to me for help. Look at this now. Proverbs chapter, um, did I read chapter six, Proverbs 16, verse 27 and 28? Okay, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Don't you love the Word of God? Say amen. amen. Proverbs 5, 3 and 4. The Bible says this, The lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. We could put that down. She texts so beautifully. She puts all those faces and everything, and she knows how to sway me. But look at this, but the end of is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. The end is poison. Folks, the Bible tells us that, uh, sticks, uh, that, that, that the little poem, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 4. Proverbs 18, verse 4. Would you please turn there? The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 4, the words of a man's mouth are as a deep water and a wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Hey, you know you, you spend extra money for a cabin next to a flowing brook. And you sit out on that porch and it's a flowing brook. You love it. You know what the Bible says? You can marry a man that has wellspring of wisdom and it's like living with a flowing brook instead of an overflowing, spewing, polluted Cesspool. Because look at verse 8, chapter 18. It says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. You can wound people with words. You can hurt people deeply with words. You can low-rate somebody's self-image with words. You can lose your relationship with your children just by words. Always complaining. Always criticizing. Always saying you'll never amount to anything. Guess what? They won't if you keep telling them that. Say amen. 
You ought to build them up. And you ought to exhort them. Now when they're wrong, discipline them. But do it in love. Speak the truth in love. Can somebody stay awake on that point? That's the home. Some people are so insecure and so critical because they were raised that way, I guess. I don't know what it is. Or their boss gives them bad time on the job and they come home and low rate it on their children and on their wives. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a sad family. Sad. Life's too short to fuss and fight, mom and daddy. And make your children like I was, a stuttering, nervous I'm preaching now. I'm trying to help you. Folks, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 15, a very interesting verse that I believe a lot is happening to a lot of families that I know and a lot of churches that I'm associated with. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 15, the Bible says this. Listen to it now. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you... Be not consumed one of another. Whew. That means you're a piranha in your home. You're a piranha in your church. And folks, I want to tell you something. God has called us to be a blessing. God's called us to edify. God's called us not to assassinate someone's character with our tongue. Say amen. The tongue pollutes, it destroys, it devours, and it deadens. I want you to look at Proverbs 18.21, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I want us to all memorize this. Proverbs 18.21. I'm waiting. Y'all there? Proverbs 18.21. Here it is. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You bring life to people. You know, when some people walk in the room, it's just like a light turns on. And some people walk in the room, they say, oh no, here he comes. Is my tie straight? Do I got any food on my lapel? He's going to find it. Is my hair out of place? You've got to really search, you're going to find a hair out of my place. Amen. Oh, I, wonder, I wonder what he's going to find critical today. And people live like that. Come on now. You can assassinate somebody's character with your tongue. Heard about a lady who went to the doctor for an examination. And she felt, felt terrible all the time. And the doctor got, got very serious expression on her, his face and said, Ma'am, I hate to tell you this, but you have rabies. She got out her notebook and started making a long list. He said, What are you doing, making out your will? She said, No. I'm making out a list of people I'm going to bite. <laughs> Say amen right there. Y'all know somebody like that. And guess what? That's a lonely lady. Except for the fellow rabies. <laughs> They'll hang around her. Are you guilty of using your tongue to poison lives? I warn you. One day you're going to stand before Almighty God and give account. Turn to Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Matthew 12, 36. I know it's late, but I've got to finish this. Ben's going to take my time tonight. I mean, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I told Ben, I said, don't be nervous. It's just us. He looked at me, nervous. <laughs> I appreciate this young man. And I appreciate... Miguel preaching. Can't wait to hear uh, uh, Brother Blaine's first message coming up soon. You know, it's all a blessing to have preachers call from your church. We'll give them a chance. Let them preach. Y'all better be here to encourage them. If you're not, there ain't no NFL player needs more encouragement than these young men. Amen. I know it don't start, but that's an illustration. But look at this. Matthew 12, 36. Will you, will you look at it? But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Woo! Is that convicting or what? But I want to tell you what, I'll say this, verse 35 is more convicting. That's where words come from. Look at verse 35. I'm in Matthew 12. 
A good man out of the good treasures of the what? Heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. And then it says about words. Let me just say this, friend. The reason you have bad words is because you've got a bad heart. That's what the Bible says. Well, I really didn't mean that. Yes, you did. Stop lying. You meant it. You were taught to mean it. And folks, I want to tell you something. A heart that's dark has dark words. A heart that's down in itself has critical words. A heart that's got sin in its life comes out sinful. The mouth comes out sinful. Well, I just really didn't mean it. The Bible says you did. And so here it is. How devilish it can be. It's set on fire from hell. Literally the fumes that feed a sinful tongue come from Satan. Now let me ask you a question. And I'll close. Number one, you can't tame your tongue. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unru- it's ungodly, it's unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Don't miss this point. Now this is, this is the whole crux of the whole sermon. Only the Holy Spirit can control your tongue. You cannot control your own tongue. James gives another word picture. He's went to the zoo. The wildest beast has been tamed. The tongue can no man tame. And folks, I want to tell you something. He said this. No man can tame it. It's unruly evil, full of deadly poison. But I have good news for you. God can tame our tongues. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit can help us. Because the Holy Spirit can get a hold of your heart and fill you with the love of God and fill you with grace and fill you with mercy. And before you speak, the Holy Spirit will say, Think. Think. The Holy Spirit will say, Don't say it. You'll get checked by the Holy Spirit. You know what our prayer ought to be in closing? I know I'm a little late. Friend, listen, this is important. This will help your marriage. This will help your relationship on the job. This will help you in your church. Psalms 141, verse 3. It should be our prayer. Psalms 141, verse 3. Would you look at it? The Bible says in Psalms 141, verse 3, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips. We ought to ask God to help us and control us in every word and deed. We ought to be Spirit-filled. And don't tell me anyone Spirit-filled that's always finding fault with everybody else, that's criticizing and gossip. You're not Spirit-filled. You're flesh-filled. And folks, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit can fill us and we'll be more like Jesus. Here it is. We ought to talk like Jesus. Amen? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'll make my point and we'll close. Go get our book bag. Look at this, 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want you to look at um, verse 23. You know where I'm going, 20, 20, 21. For even, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving His example, that we should follow in His steps. Remember that good book by Shelton, on follow His steps? Look at this though. Who did no sin, listen this now, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live into righteousness by whose stripes were healed. Now folks, it's describing the last moments of Jesus' life. One of the things that I've noticed is that he said he had no guile in his mouth. He could have called one angel, wiped out that whole devilish religious crowd that put him on the cross. But you know what he said? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And I will say this. Part of the most gracious word you can ever say 
to your wife, your children, your husband, your fellow members, your fellow workers on the job is I love you. I forgive you. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Amen? But is that said much in the workplace today? No. Everybody's right. You're wrong. And they're going to step on you to the way up to the top. Sad society. Don't let it come in this church. Somebody comes to you and says, well, I want to tell you a little something about Brother Wayne. You know what you ought to say? Good, we'll go talk to him together. I'll cut it out right there. They'll hit the door, buddy. Or they'll say, yeah, let's go talk to him, and I'll be glad to talk to him. Everybody wants to have a platform sometimes on their job, in their home, and in their church. And if you're not careful, it won't be the mouth full of praise. It'll be full of guile, deceit, anger. You say, preacher, what do you want out of this message? I don't want nothing. I want to tell you what God wants. Oh, for a thousand tongues to praise His name. You know what He wants? He wants a church full of people that will praise God. And, and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13 edify one another. Amen? Now, we're not edifying sin around here. I preach hard against sin. And I want to tell you something, friend. I discipline people personally. I talk to them one-on-one about their sin. And you think that's easy. you got another thought coming, especially when they're adult and they're bigger than you and they're mean. It's hard. You don't know if they're going to smack you or what. But I want to say this, friend. Our prayer should be this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. That ought to be our prayer. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, you are not sanctified unless your tongue is sanctified according to verse 5. 43 occurrences of the word words in Proverbs. You know what the book of Proverbs is on? Wisdom! We ought to see people through God's eyes before we speak about them. Let me just ask you a question real quick. I know it's late. How long did it take you to get spiritual? How long did it take you to arrive? I'm looking around. I don't think any of us have. I think we need each other. I think we need encouragement. I think we need grace. Sometimes I have to do tough love and say, there's a line. You've already crossed it 17,000 times. You've got to prove yourself, man. You've got to prove yourself. You're on probation. I do it all the time. You say, well, I don't think that's right. Hey, listen, don't tell me how to pastor. I've been doing it a while. But I want to tell you something. It's in love. It's in love that I do it. There's there's one word you you ought to go through your mind by the Holy Ghost. Put it up on the board. The words think. Think. Before you speak, you ought to think. Number one, is it true? Write this down. That's a little acrostic. T-H-I-N-K. Is it true? You know, most people, they hear something, Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to tell the whole church, pray about that. And it's not even true. You've slandered and assassinated their character. And you didn't even verify it. Number two, is it helpful? Before you say anything, you ought to say, is it helpful? Will this really help if I say this? Number three, think. Is it inspiring? Don't you love to be around inspiring people, not expiring? I mean, they just encourage you. Praise God. You know, it's just like a fresh breath of air when you're around people that encourage you. Number four, before you say it, is it necessary? Maybe I'll just pray about that for a while. Maybe I'll just keep that between me and God for just a little while. Not get on the Facebook and say, did you know? <laughs> you know? Slander them right on Facebook and then you find out it's not even true. What, but what if it is true? Why slander them? Why don't help you go to them personally like a real man or a real lady and talk to them and try to help them? And number, uh, lastly, the last letter, K. Is it kind? 
Let me just say this. Love is kind. I love to be around kind people. I try to be kind at least once a month. No, uh, kind. And I want to tell you something, friend. If you're that kind of person, and you think before you speak by the control of the Holy Spirit, people gravitate to you. They don't avoid you when you go down the hall. And they love to be around you because you're so Spirit-filled and you're ministering of words. What I've just preached about will change your marriage. What I just preached about will encourage and strengthen this church more than anything else. And what I just preached about will magnify the Lord through your life as a leader and a lover of souls. Don't say you're sanctified. The Bible says in verse 5, unless you let the Holy Spirit control your tongue. Let's pray. Father, this has been a hard message. This has not been fun. But God, you didn't call me to have fun. You called me to represent a holy God and preach your holy word. And Lord, I know as I've spent thousands of hours counseling, literally thousands of hours counseling since I moved in this town in 78, that words can mutilate a relationship. And words can damage the future of children. And words can split a church. Thank you, Lord, for our loving people. Thank you, dear God, for their yielding to the Spirit of God and ministry and encouraging these young people that come in. And Lord, I thank you for a church that's filled with the Spirit of God. God, fill me to overflowing. Lord, you didn't call me to manipulate my wife to get my little old selfish way. You called me to minister grace to her and to be her loving leader and to minister grace to her where she will be encouraged and edified to be more like Jesus. God, thank you for that ministry. Help me not blow it.